Hi, this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. So this week we read Parsha Vayeshev, which is the beginning of the story of Yosef and his brothers, and exposes all of the toxic dynamics that plagued their family. The, the hatred, the bragging, the favoritism, the, the just everything. It's just really a total and complete disaster um, that, of course, we'll see has temporarily disastrous results in Yosef being sold as a slave down to Egypt. And I appreciate this year that this coincides with Thanksgiving. And so for those of you who are struggling with your own personal family dynamics at the moment, please take comfort that there is nothing new under the sun and that everybody deals with challenging family dynamics at times. So turning to the Parsha, I wanted to look at what happens in the beginning of the second Aliyah. So the beginning of the second Aliyah tells us that the brothers have gone down to Shechem to pasture the Tzon, to pasture their father's flock. And it seems Yosef has not joined them. Yosef stays home with their father, whether it's to, to tend to him, right? They would assign one brother to sort of stay with their dad to, to take care of him, or just a sign of, you know, kibud av, of respecting your parents, etc. Whatever it is, Yosef has stayed back. Now, it seems like that's intentional. So therefore, verse 13 should surprise us a little bit when Yaakov turns to Yosef and says, hey, your brothers are, you know, they're pastoring the, the, the sheep in Shechem. So come, let's, I'm gonna, I want to send you down there. And Yosef responds, okay, hineni. And then Yaakov says, Lechna et shlom achecha et shlom hatzon. Go see how your brothers are doing and how the sheep are doing. And then the hashiveni devar, bring me back word, come tell me what's going on. And so Yosef goes. Now, this is perplexing. First of all, as we said, Yosef seems to deliberately, it is planned that he is home with Yaakov. So now, suddenly, why is Yaakov sending Yosef off? Also, we know that Yaakov knows that Yosef and the brothers aren't on the best terms. So what is he really thinking is going to happen? Now, I looked at a lot of the Mepharshim. I, I don't think that they answer that question specifically so well. Um, a lot of them comment on, in general, like what is Yaakov hoping to learn about what's happening in Shem and how the brothers are doing? Is he spying on them? Like, what is exactly does he want to know? Um, one explanation is that Yaakov was concerned because the brothers are in Shechem. That not a good history between the brothers and Shechem. That's why Shimon and Levi killed all the men with the whole incident with Dina. So Yaakov says, uh-oh, they're in danger. Yosef, go see how they're doing. Now, there are different explanations for why Yaakov would actually then send Yosef into an extremely dangerous situation. I'm not totally sure I buy them. We know that Yaakov loves Yosef, cherishes Yosef, unabashedly favors Yosef, would he really send Yosef down into a dangerous city so that he could check on how all of his other brothers are doing? That doesn't really actually seem so likely. So I was reading an article by Rabbi Yaakov Beeler, who actually is summarizing a different article by Professor Shaul Regev that looks at how the Mepharshim handle this strange situation, how they understand what Yaakov meant 
why he would do this when he sent Yosef away. And he touches on a Sforno. Sforno, I probably wouldn't even even noticed otherwise. Um, but I thought this is actually a brilliant, brilliant comment that sheds a lot of light on what is really happening with Yaakov here, I think. So the Sforno commenting on chapter 37, verse 14, when Yaakov says, Lech na re'e et shlom achecha. What does the Sforno say? He says, Re'e v'seichelcha. Says, use your judgment and fix all of the problems if necessary. Basically, look, go, go, use your intelligent, use your intelligence, and go down to your brothers and fix whatever has gone wrong. Because this forno continues, ki omnam because if what Yaakov really wanted to know was simply the truth, the report of what was going on down there, he could have just sent one of his servants, right? If it's just a report of how they're doing, he didn't need to send Yosef. He could just send anybody to go find out what's going on. So it must be that specifically he sent Yosef. And therefore, if he specifically sent Yosef, there must be a specific reason for that. And that is that he wants Yosef to go and fix whatever problems he has created. Now, let's remember, this comes right after the first Aliyah, which tells us, first of all, Yisrael Ahavet Yosef Mikobanav, right? That Israel loved Yosef much more than all of his other sons. That then the brothers hate Yosef because of this, right? And then we have Yosef that Yosef had the dream. He tells his brothers and then they hate him even more. And it's the dream of the sheaves. They all bow down to Yosef's sheave. They yell at him. They say, what are you talking about? Okay. Then he has another dream and he says to his brothers, hey, I had this dream. There was the sun and the moon and the 11 stars. They were all bowing down to me. Understand the, you know, the sort of interpretation is, Yaakov, Yosef, and his brothers were all, I mean, no, excuse me, Yaakov, Yosef, Yaakov, Rachel, and all of the brothers were bowing down to him, meaning this time he dreams not only his brothers, but also the parents as well. And then at the end of the first Aliyah, they saper el aviv ve'el echav, that he tells this dream to his father and to his brothers. Of course, his mother's already dead. Vayigar bo aviv, vayomer lo, so then Yaakov turns to him and he berates him and he says, what is this dream that you've dreamt? Am, am I really and your mother and your brothers all going to come to bow down to you to the ground? And then the Aliyah concludes with, his brothers, they were kanu, they were jealous, so they were wrought up, as the JPS translates, which I prefer because we don't exactly know which translation of Kin is here. And his father, Shamar et Hadavar, he kept the matter in mind. So let's consider from Yaakov's perspective. He favors Yosef unabashedly. He must be aware of the dynamic that this has created. But he doesn't do anything about it. He continues to perpetuate it. Either that's because he doesn't care or because he doesn't know what to do about it. He doesn't know how to fix it. And it's actually kind of surprising that in verse 10, 
Yaakov was willing to actually call out Yosef and say, what is this dream that we're all going to come and bow down to you low on the grounds? He doesn't tell him why this is a bad dream to have. And in fact, some of Farshim don't understand this as Yaakov even really scolding Yosef. But he seems to be upset, even if he can't articulate why. But Tachlis, what happens with that upset? Well, it takes his brothers to the next level. Until then, it's V'yisne'u, they hate him. This scene gives them kina also. Whether that's jealousy, that's almost zealotry, it riles them up to the next step. It makes things even worse. And what is Yaakov's response? Aviv shamar et hadavar. He kept the matter in mind. He didn't actually do anything about it. And so then look at the beginning of the next Aliyah. What happens after that? The brothers are off to pasture in Shechem. And Yaakov says to Yosef, hey, your brothers are down in Shechem. You should go down there. See how they're doing. Now, I love this interpretation of this forno because let's piece this all together now. According to this forno, Yaakov said to Yosef, hey, your brothers are down in Shechem. You've made a bunch of mistakes with them. How about you go now and you go fix it? Use your own seichel. You go figure it out and go fix the situation. Of course we know. Does Yosef fix it? No, total, total opposite. It ends up in complete and utter disaster. So what did Yaakov get wrong? Now, people may be, I don't know if everyone would accept my understanding of Yaakov, but I happen to think that Yaakov, his biggest flaw is that he is completely passive aggressive and non-confrontational. Yaakov in the Torah never confronts anyone about anything. He tricks them. He goes along with the plan in Shrem and then yells at Shimon and Levi afterwards, but he doesn't actually do anything himself to protect his daughter. On his deathbed, he gives all of these passive-aggressive insults to his children about things he really should have told them during his actual life so they could have fixed them. And this, I see here, is absolutely no exception. Yaakov is very, very, very aware of what's happening with Yosef and the rest of his sons. They know, he knows, excuse me, that Yo, that you, the brothers hate Yaakov, that Yosef, geez. Yaakov knows that the brothers hate Yosef. He doesn't know what to do about that. And so he sort of rebukes Yosef at the end of the first Iliad and says like, what do you have this dream that we're all going to bow down to you? But doesn't actually explain to Yosef why that was a problem. Yosef's still a child, perhaps with guidance, he could have actually figured out what was wrong. But no, Yaakov doesn't actually give him any guidance. He just gives him a general yelling, then sees the brothers take their hatred to the next level. And all he can do is file it away in his mind. He's never going to act on it until he waits for this time when the rest of the brothers are gone. And he turns to Yosef and in this very passive aggressive way says, Hello, are your brothers not, you know, pasturing the sheep in Shrem? Sort of like saying, what are you doing here? You go. Well, if you really want him to go, you should have told him when they were all leaving and tried to take charge of the situation. But instead, he kind of goes at him with this, this really, I mean, I keep saying the word passive aggressive. I don't know what else to say. Passive aggressive comment of you go and see how they're doing. 
doesn't actually give any instructions bring me back word i love that the sworno points out you could have just sent anybody for that so that what yaakov really means according to the sworno is go fix the problems but of course he doesn't actually say that and perhaps why it ends in such disaster is a big lesson to yosef but lesson to yaakov that yosef it was not yosef's job to fix these problems yosef did not create these problems Yaakov created these problems and it should have been Yaakov's responsibility to fix it. But Yaakov, who doesn't know how to have confrontation, who doesn't know how to speak directly to other people and fix things, just sends Yosef off to another place with the naive hope that he will fix everything and they'll all come back in one piece. And the reason I think that this ends in disaster is because this is the wrong way to approach it. Because it enabled Yaakov to perpetuate a system in which he never had to take responsibility for anything. And so there's so much to learn from Yaakov's life and the way he treated his family. And we'll continue to talk about that over the course of the next Parshiot. But this, I think, is, is one window into the complete dysfunction that is created when we aren't able to look at the people we love and say to them, to their face in a loving and patient but firm way, here's how you have hurt me and here's how you can fix it. Shabbat Shalom.